right on. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Hanging out with you guys from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Always an honor to spend time with you. Greg Oveson Studio, G'sUp.com. What's up, baby? Now, what's going on with you? Not a whole lot. You know what? I'm waiting for this heat to just go away. Go away. A lot of you yeah. listening, you're part, it's that summertime. It's like, okay. Some of you don't understand, right? Like, we cannot be looking at Christmas trees and Halloween stuff at Costco in <laughs> August, and it's 110 with Lord knows the humidity. Greg, how's your week been going? Oh, it's going pretty good, but I agree. It is hot out here. Man, I can't wait for it to cool down. Yeah, I mean, it is part of the deal. And if you guys have your vehicle, uh, we always tell you, don't wait for that that temperature gauge to get three quarters to H. Right. Stay proactive. I know things are tight for a lot of you right now, but it is imperative. So here's a tip when you go in for an oil service, and please, no drive-through cheeseburger quick oil change. We, we just don't, we're not advocates for it. We want you to slow it down. Make sure that they check your coolant. Make sure they check all those fluids, all the rubber on the vehicle. That is the time, not just to change the oil. Greg, we get a lot of people say, well, I could change my old oil. Yeah. Well, did you look at the car? Did right. you, you know, your truck, what's the what's the status report? There's so much more to maintenance. Your tire tread depth, your your filters. It, it is. So, you, you know, without we're preaching, because that's not what this show is about. Um, if you're new to the show, we're an automotive lifestyle show, WrenchNation.tv. Uh, we've had a slew of guests on. Uh, you guys can catch up with shows. A big shout out to KMET out in California. Thank you so much. We've got a new tribe out there, Greg, listening. Uh, right. We're starting to hear from them. You can get on a Wrench Nation Facebook or on the website, you know, give us your comments on, uh, of course, KFNX in Phoenix and the powerhouse right here, 88.7 The Pulse. Bree, our in-house board op. Say hello to the peoples, Bree. Hey, everybody. Wonderful to be here, and I'm loving Wrench Nation today. I got to say to everyone out there, Bree is volunteering, and she has been. She has a full-time gig, so we certainly appreciate oh, you. Yeah. And um, Susie won't be in. I need to segue over to Susie's yep. ill. She texted me. Oh, I was going to go around to the house and get a little Wrench Nation cot. Come on, let's go. You're coming <laughs> into the studio. Well, I but, hope uh, she feels better. Yeah, we hope you feel better, Susie. Uh, we're going to get into some stuff. A lot of you have seen the sizzle. That's what I'm going to call it. It's sizzle. Some of it is borderline fake news about Tesla and some of the incidences uh, in their attempt to go what we call Full self-driving mode, right? Mm -hmm. That's that level four. Now, I know a lot of you say, well, Elon said since 2015, it's <laughs> going to be autonomous. We are a long way from that. Yes. However, the technology is blazing away, and we figured we'd dedicate a whole show to get into some of the technology that helps you avoid a crash, specifically the camera systems, mm -hmm. the radar. And the LiDAR. We're honored to have Paul Dreisick. He's CEO of Preact Software Technologies, an award-winning Oregon-based developer of what we call near-field flash LiDAR technology. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go into that. A lot of you technicians and automotive types that listen, uh, you see it coming in the bays. Perhaps a lot of my collision shops, they are definitely working with this, Greg. They definitely see uh, sort of retraining these camera systems after a crash that is a certain protocol for that. Uh, the ADAS, right? The, the driver awareness systems uh, that all have to be aligned properly. Paul is going to help us navigate through that and also talk about some of the cool things that they're doing over at Preact Software Technologies. And I uh, did want to give a shout out. Scott's Auto, of course, we mentioned them. They came, uh, came to Phoenix, opened a location. They're originally from Colorado. Fort Collins. Well, I have a text uh -oh. uh, that we got earlier in the day, and they get excited. And, and, and as I say to you guys, we love to spread the good news that's going on in your garage. Scott's Auto, out of their Fort Collins location, 1993. That store has been there. ASC certified technicians. They are top notch. I think I just saw online, uh, scottsfortcollinsauto.com, over 800, like, Wow. 4.8 reviews. These guys are top-notch. They just hired a new gal as a technician, and I want to make sure I get the technician's name right. Her name, drum roll, Dominique Ramirez. Congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, D, as she's known as in the service bay, will be, will be running with that Fort Collins. So if you're in the Fort Collins area, 
stop by and you say hi to Miss D. She just started with that great tribe over there as an automotive technician. What a great opportunity. You know, you hear these stories about, um, you know, labor. It's hard to find good technicians. And I think in all respect, for those looking for work, it's hard to find a good shop with good culture. Mm -hmm. So kudos, Scott's Fort Collins Auto, uh, and that's Dr. Uh, Nakanya. Uh, who was on the show you guys catch. It was four or five shows ago. Mm-hmm. Wonderful story coming from Africa. Uh, he is the chief learning officer. Uh, he basically is part of the whole educational and training. So he had a lot to do with that new hire. What's shaking in the uh, antiquities and classics side, Mr. Antiquities Greg? Antiquities and classics. There's always something going on. But something that's really exciting, I actually had some topics for today and I had to change focus a little bit. What it is Today, yeah, breaking news. I got breaking news. It's I love exciting. I, we like the breaking news. Um, everyone knows Haggerty, you know, classic. Of car course, yeah, shirts. big they, staple in the industry. Yeah, yeah. And they they did some merging. They went public this year. They started, you know, branching out to a few different things. I didn't know this, so they're publicly traded. They are. Publicly they have a traded. stock symbol. They do. Ooh, that stock market. Yeah, and uh, they bought forty percent of a company in January called Broad Arrow Group. It's a classic car auction company. Oh, so he started, you know, dabbling in that auction scenario a little bit. Well, today they announced that they bought that company 100%. It's there. So now Haggerty. What do you think their thought is there? Oh, why? Haggerty has a following and I wouldn't doubt that they're going to become bigger than what people are going to think. They're not just going to carry insurance. Oh yeah. They're going to carry insurance, but now they're going in the classic car auction industry. And they're yeah. gonna, I think they'll be a they'll be a tough competitor for some of these long. Well, you're seeing a lot of that, mm-hmm. uh, definitely in the automotive uh, space and uh, many sectors of the industries out there that you get a lot of these uh, mergers. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me of Ma Bell back in the day, right? You had all these phone <laughs> companies, and it all just kind of came down yep. uh, to one sort of thing. So we wish them well. I mean, yeah. I, I I see them getting into more of the auction space. Yep, they're going to pull more auction space. They already have three locations going on this year. Their first auction is actually in a few days after they close the deal on August 18th. And they're going to have, have a live auction and online auction. You keep, so, us, keep us posted on I that. Know. I know your, your eyeballs on all those auctions. Yeah. I'm excited to see how they're going. You got like day trading at home. You probably have like eight oh, yeah. screens with the 12 different twelve different auctions going on. Oh, yeah. On. It's like NASA. All these monitors, the different auctions going on. It's pretty All fun. right. GM is making an announcement. I'm not too happy about this. I don't like it when they enforce something and that enforcement uh, used to be a product or an added value line that was uh, complimentary. Or you could say, no, I don't want that feature. Greg, customers are getting charged for three years of on-store and other services, whether they use them or not. So right. if you buy, uh, let me get the platforms right, Buick, Cadillac, and GMC, mm-hmm. they're all saying, in fact, I see this coming across the board with GM. You have to understand, respectfully, it's a business. They have a profit center. Mm-hmm. Things are tight. Margins are tight. We all know that inflation's real. Are we selling as many cars as we were nope. two years ago, pre-COVID? Let's call that safe. No, we're not. So we're going to look at these menu items. Now, I don't know how I feel about that. I want that Cadillac Escalade. Right. That's and well, nice if I'm buying an Escalade, I'm probably not going to have a problem with the OnStar. But what if I'm buying, you know, uh, a Buick? Right. It's right. A so new, a new sedan. It's uh, it's a fifteen hundred dollar option. It used to be. It's not an option. No. It's mandatory. Yep. Now OnStar is a great feature. If you don't know OnStar, you're connected. You got your own little personal satellite. They come <laughs> rescue you, lock you out of your car, uh, all kinds of stuff. Tell you how to train your kid in the back seat, whatever you need. <laughs> On star, but it's mandatory. Yeah, that's what takes the the iffy out of it. You're, you know, I have to have it. Uh, I, I'm not sure if that's a good move. No, nah, I don't think so. Now GM is saying, hey, we, you know, we we got to, they, hey, the number crunchers have said, hey, this is what we got to do to mm-hmm. uh, menu out. So we'll see how that comes. Are people gonna not going to buy these vehicles because of that? I don't think so. If you're passionate and love a vehicle the way you do and. It is what it is. It may be a shocker. You're in the finance department. Uh, what is this, $1,500? Oh, that's the mandatory yeah. OnStar. Yeah, people are still going to buy it, but I think the buyer's experience might be changed. I think so. Yeah. But I don't know. Are we Are we going to have, you know, Elon Musk, Tesla, they have uh, basically no big brick and mortar setups. I mean, you're in a couple of nice little malls. You order your yep. car online, you package, blah, blah, blah. Is the conventional dealership going away? Could that be an issue? I don't be. know. 
But I don't like that mandatory thing. No, nobody likes mandatory. You have to have it thing. Greg, you ever own a, a Nissan Maxima? Uh, yes, I did. I have. Pretty good car for you. Uh, actually, I flipped it a few years ago, so I didn't. You just really, bought it. I didn't, f- I didn't love it that well, much. Well, if you're flipping cars today, you're making money. <laughs> Nissan Maxima, after 42 years, says goodnight, Charlie. No longer. No more. Now, why is this? 42 years originated from that. Uh, well, going back to the Datsun 810. Do you remember the oh, 810? Yeah. That was the old 810, which was uh, the four-door and, and uh, you know, Datsun's entry during, during back in the, well, the Big Daddy recession in the yeah. 70s when we were standing. It was odd and even days to get yeah. gas. And here are the Japanese coming into the market, mm-hmm. Datsun, and they started taking off. And they had little, you know, back then they were competing with Honda. Little Toyota Corollas. All those they little Honda. Models. What was the CVCC? Yep. And even uh, Ford made the Pinto, you know, all in those little. <laughs> they tried to emulate. Fuel, fuel well, yeah, cars. those are. Listen, when you go back to those uh, years, I remember working in the in the bays. You know, GM was in bed with the, uh, you know, Toyota. Mm-hmm. And they, there was all kinds of uh, mm-hmm. different partnerships. But after 42 years of production, uh, that Nissan uh, Maxima is going away. That's the eighth, wow. eighth generation uh, Maxima, which again goes back to the Datsun A10. That's a long run for a production car. It is a long run, That's which just means there was a, there was an audience. Yeah. People were buying that. Yep. And uh, now, why is this? A lot of you saying, why do manufacturers all of a sudden take a long legacy and decide to make it go kaput? Well, because either a you're not buying them anymore, which I don't think is the case here, or Two letters, E V. Oh, not those again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you showed me a magazine. I did. It's, I haven't even found the magazine yet. I just saw that cover. I'm like, I have to find this one. I knew you'd like it. The too. magazine we're talking about, since we're all over the road here. Uh, when I say E V, electric vehicles, where most manufacturers, we heard about SEMA. Some of them pulled out. Yes, they did. They're separating themselves from that internal combustion engine, that ICE. So Nissan is headed that same way. GM is the same way. Will these ICE divisions sink themselves in ICE? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we think about it now. I was talking to a garage owner earlier today, and with all the expos coming up in the fall, there's going to be some training. And I want to take away from training on the electric vehicle business side. Can the average rock star automotive corner shop make a living working on electric vehicles? Mm-hmm. No one has told me anything about it. We've got a lot of training on sure batteries. Quiet. Yep. So with that said, we're going to see a lot of this, this uh, phasing out. So speaking of electric vehicles and technology, uh, we do have a jam-packed show. I want to dive into some of the sensing capabilities <clears throat> allowing for, well, Crash avoidance, it's a big deal. It is. All of the sensors, and you guys have heard us mention this over the at least past year, LIDAR, radar, camera systems, kind of a general idea of how these systems all get together and dance for safety. Uh, what are the differences? And how practical are these uh, sensors and uh, these sort of eyes and ears to keep your vehicle from crashing? we got Paul Dreisick. CEO of Preact Software Technology. Stay tuned, Wrench Nation. I want my mileage back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG. Bolt-On Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. 
info at boltontechnology.com. Well, listen up. I'm talking to you about one of the premier auto parts superstores in the country, Parts Authority. One of the biggest problems that we can have in a modern-day garage is when our parts don't arrive on time or the quality of our parts are just not there. The Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counterfolk, national program, quick delivery, AC Delco, Monroe, Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstore. If you're an installer or own a garage, you need to check out PartsAuthority.com. Support for Wrench Nation Car Talk, the smart choice for auto parts, Pronto National Association. Pronto is committed to the independent automotive aftermarket and demonstrates leadership within the automotive industry. Pronto Association is made up of nearly 100 member auto part distributors. Visit pronto-net.com. Automotive technical training, parts lineup, and representation of the automotive member community. Pronto-net.com. As a small business owner, we have a ton of overhead. One of those is merchant fees. To process credit cards can be expensive. I save over 75% with Card Connect Paradise. Get on to charge-it-now.com charge-it-now.com or give Dan Arndt at Card Connect Paradise a call. His team is standing by to help you out. I save over 75% in credit card merchant fees every month. That's huge. 480-289-6304 Card Connect Paradise. Save on credit card fees. Merchant service fees don't have to be ungodly expensive. Give Dan a call, 480-289-6304. Card Connect, Paradise. Whether you're looking for a full-service direct mail or you just simply want a few marketing materials printed for use in your store, Mail Shark has got you covered. With over 10 years of client service success with direct mail postcards, restaurant box toppers, magnets, and so much more, MailShark is there to help your marketing team acquire the clients you deserve. Pay weekly, pay as you go. There is no pressure, no contracts, direct mail. For more details, visit themailshark.com. Right on. Welcome back, RenchNation.tv. Catch last week's show. I think a lot of you will get some benefit out of that. We talked about some of the ridiculous going on regarding the credit card fraud that's happening. Specifically, you are a merchant. You work on cars, whether you fix them under hood or whether you're taking care of the body uh, work uh, on the collision side. Uh, there's a serious risk of fraud, and so we dedicated a whole show, How to Avoid That, uh, with Dan Arndt of Card Connect Paradise. Today, we're talking about some of the advanced technologies. You've heard us say this. In the last 10 years, we've seen about a 100-year movement of technology that's advancing under hood. Uh, and to make it all happen, it's not an easy task, but it is blazing away. It's, it's getting more uh, popular every day. We're dealing with controlled area networks. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned, uh, well, we talked about this a few shows back, about some of the expos that are coming, lots of automotive training. So this near-field sensing technology and object tracking, that's basically what we're talking about. How well does a vehicle automatically track these objects in the road to make decisions? And to help us navigate this whole medley, it's like one big medley. orchestra of uh, technology. Paul Dreisick, with C- CEO of Preax Software Technologies. Paul, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, guys. Excellent. Welcome. We, welcome to the show. We appreciate you spending time with us. Um, you're based out of Oregon, correct? Yes, that is correct. Although I, uh, I actually live in Orange County, but the the rest of the companies in Portland. Oh, you get some of the great car shows out of Orange County for sure. <laughs> well, listen, you're yeah. you're you're busy. You're probably all over the country, quite frankly, with stuff. Give us a little uh, backstory to Preact Technologies. Why Preact? What was the void in the marketplace? Uh, and tell us a little bit more about uh, the great things that you guys are doing from a technology yeah. space. Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, uh, my co-founder Kurt. Um, I got to know him, I don't know, about five years ago, six years ago, probably about six years ago when he was at Jaguar Land Rover working on autonomous vehicles. And I was working for a different startup that was providing the kind of mapping technology for autonomous vehicles. And, and we met in many ways and we, we kind of hit it off. And um, one day he gives me a call 
and says, hey, I'm going to send you an idea I have for a company. And uh, he did, and we kind of worked together and kind of fleshed it out. Um, and the idea was imminent collision detection. So not not like automatic emergency braking like a lot of cars have today. Sure. Uh, this, is, this is more like, oh, crap, you, you are screwed. You are going to get hit or hit something. What can the car do to mitigate injuries or deaths? in that situation let's stop right there the accident i gotta i gotta jump in and, and and it's important because i think some of the audience now has some of that going on they have the flashing bar yep. uh you know they they may have a haptic seat response maybe their seat belts tighten up that is what you're talking about is is that sort of pre hey. pre-looking at a scenario that says hey you're you're going to be in a crash here in a quick sec okay so that that's still trying to get you to avoid the crash. Gotcha. There, there, there are no, you know, what the industry, auto industry calls pre-crash systems out there today. Um, uh, yeah, they're still, they're trying to get you to avoid it. The, the idea of, again, you're like, they're, based on the laws of physics, there's no way you're going to avoid this accident. But what can the car do in that? split second, and I'm talking milliseconds, not even like a second, you know, um, before the accident, you know. You're talking like airbag time. Right. Yeah, like airbag time. Milliseconds. Yeah, Yeah, right, right, right. You guys, you guys know, you know, airbags, you know, uh, the inertial, you know, the IMU basically detects the the G-forces from a crash, and then 20, 30 milliseconds later notifies the airbag. It takes some time to charge and then it takes another 20, 30 milliseconds to deploy. Well, in that same example, if you knew you were about to get an accident, you could save that that uh, kind of the IMU time and some of the communication time, and you could charge the airbag as soon as you knew you were about to get hit. So you can then deploy, say, a three-stage airbag or you know, larger, slower inflating airbag so that you're one, it's less force when it hits you, and two, it's bigger, so there's less chance of you missing the airbag. That's just one example of what can be done. A soft today. landing, if you will. Right. Yeah, so it's timed yeah. to where you don't end up getting even worse from mm-hmm. the impact of, right. of an airbag. Oh. So, yeah, we get that for like sure, it. yeah. Yeah, you can tighten the seat belts in those couple milliseconds. You can tilt the seat, believe it or not. Oh. That technology exists. So uh, you, you, you're sitting there and your seat will tilt. Like, no one thinks about this. We look at it yeah. while well, we go blind to it, that little airbag emblem. Right. But when it goes, mm-hmm. I don't know how many of you listening have been behind an airbag that goes off, but it's pretty impactful and certainly <laughs> saving lives. Maybe you, yeah, you may have broken your nose or, you know, what have you, but it <laughs> it's saving lives. Right. You're saying I'm sitting in my seat. Well, let's add this feature where what is the seat doing paul uh it can tilt uh it can either slide away from impact say you're about to get t-boned if it could just slide like two inches towards the center console wow that's a huge deal that is the door is the weakest point of the car um uh another cool thing that can be done now you know some cars have an electronic suspension they can uh tilt a little bit um, towards the impact so that the frame takes more of the impact than the door and thus, you know, the intrusion into the passenger uh, cabin is uh, minimized. That That is incredible. I mean, that's... that's, It it is. Um, Let's get right to it. Um, You got together with your partner. Preact Technologies was formed. How difficult is it, Paul, in your space, specifically, as we'll dive into now, the the short, sort of flash LIDAR technology, which helps with a lot of this uh, the systems that we're discussing. <laughs> I want to know, what is the most difficult challenge for you before we get into this technology and your team? We hear about supply chain. We hear about regulation and legislation. What's your battle today? I mean, you, you've got the software. You've got the capability how difficult yeah. is it to get it to market? 
Yeah, so so that's kind of an interesting story. So pre-crash, because it involves, you know, it's func- what they call functional safety in a car. Anything functional safety takes, you know, eons worth of testing and certification and lots of lawyers at the car companies and tier ones involved in, okay, what's the risk of, you know, of doing these things and maybe it doesn't work quite the way it should, you know, and so for pre-crash sensing or imminent collision, uh, getting past uh, kind of the the conservative nature of OEMs to never do something technically wrong, that's the biggest thing. So, and that's what, it didn't cause our company Preact to pivot, but it we're still working with some, some big tier ones on pre-crash, but it's such a long, slow process that we've now just focused more on ADAS functionality and like self-parking and automatic door actuation and, um, you know, park assist. Um, and security, I, I read some, some security systems as well, right, in, in that space for the vehicles, yeah? Uh, say, say that again? I thought I had read, um, are you in the security space as well uh, for vehicles, you know, uh, theft countermeasures? I, I could be wrong. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the, the sensors mounted outside can work like Tesla's sentry mode. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. If you, if you're familiar with that, yes. yeah, they can, they can do that. Um, but not really like normal theft protection, uh, sure, more sure. around safety things. Again, occupancy detection, driver monitoring, uh, uh park assist, self-parking, um, some some of the self driving features, things things like that. Right. Uh, regarding these pre crash uh, safety systems, Paul, can you tell us? Um, can we dive into radar? Uh, can you give us an explanation of how does that radar work for folks that are actually driving their vehicle? Um, what's the sense behind what radar is doing so, there? So radar or lidar? Are you? Well, we're going to go into ra- radar. We're going to get into the cameras, and then okay. ultimately get into lidar. What you sure. what you're specializing? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So you know, radar. You know, it's a longstanding technology. Been around for you know seventy years or eighty, ninety years, <clears throat> and that it hasn't in in automotive term it hasn't changed much. You know, but it's it's cheap and it works pretty well. You know, it's. You know, you're bouncing a signal off an object and getting a return. And, you know, with radar, it's very, what they consider very low resolution. You know, just imagine like a camera and the more kind of megapixels you have or more pixels, the better your image. Radar today, basically, that the return says, oh, there's some thing. I have no idea what it looks like or that. And it's roughly here, not not super accurate, don't, doesn't know like where the edges are, how big it is really. It's just, hey, there's some object out there at about this place. Um, and that's what, what radar does. But radar works super well in bad environmental conditions. So anything optical like a camera or LIDAR uh, has more issues in bad weather, but it has much higher resolution. So, right, right. Um, radar's cheap and it, it works well at what it does. It just doesn't do a lot. So standalone, I have to ask from a technological point of view, standalone, a vehicle almost could not operate alone, uh, for any pre-crash with just radar. There has to be some redundancy. And is this why we have additional, uh, sensing? I just want to clarify because some, some folks may not realize, um, you know, you can't just rely on one. Um, so leading to that, talk to us about the camera systems. Tesla is very big in their camera systems. They mm-hmm. want the camera. And, of course, I believe they have radar. Um, yeah, talk to us about do. the camera systems now that changes the, the ability to look at, you know, the signature, if you will, that's uh, oncoming in the road. Yeah. Yeah. So cameras have phenomenal resolution. You know, as we all know, you know, even the camera in your 
iPhone takes phenomenal pictures, you know. Um, so, you know, a, a dedicated, usually like an eight megapixel, five, five megapixel cameras, I think is what they're in cars today mostly. Um, you know, gets a really high definition image um, and it can see pretty far as well. The problem is, is it's two dimensional. It doesn't know the difference between like a shadow and an object. Uh-huh. Um, if it can get blinded by looking into a bright light or the sun, um, it gets blinded by dark, but you know, it's not self illuminating. It's, um, if there's no light, there's no image, you know, it's just black. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of downsides, a lot of pros to cameras. They're dirt cheap. Again, high resolution when the, the environmental conditions are right. But, you know, lots of issues again where, you know, uh, when things aren't perfect for the, for the camera. So to your point earlier, about yes, you you need redundant, differing technologies. You know. Yeah, uh, I just no, can't see no. right, right, and, and I and I'm not picking on Tesla by any means, but it seems like yeah. we do get a lot of this news, Greg. You see it, and some of it is turned into memes, which is ridiculous. But you know, <laughs> it's, it's entertainment, yeah. and you know, everyone yeah. respects what Elon Musk is 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 doing. He's done a, a lot of great things. He'll continue to do that, but some are arguing that camera and radar on its own, probably not going to get us to level four, uh, you know, full autonomous. Uh, and, and now we bring in, drum roll, <laughs> LIDAR. And Paul, that's your specialty. Uh, LIDAR <laughs> is critical. Uh, it, and uh, so tell us, what is LIDAR? So LIDAR is, um, well, there's multiple flavors of LIDAR. Um, there is, I mean, it, the L and LIDAR, you know, kind of stands for laser, um, but there's flash LIDAR and kind of laser-based LIDAR. So most of the ones that you're used to seeing on these self-driving vehicles, these things that look like a double hockey puck, um, and sometimes they're spinning, sometimes they're not, um, those are using a laser that is being scanned. So a laser beam is scanning the environment. You're talking 360 um, then, Paul, yeah? 360 uh, degree it, scan or it, 180? Um, it, it depends now. You There's all all types. Gotcha. Um, and most of them are going away. They're going away from the spinning 360 to a solid state LIDAR because those the spinning ones uh, don't stay calibrated. Well, you know, they, they kind of... Ah die after six months in real world conditions interesting so, so that costs uh, that costs more because we're seeing that i think waymo yep. greg we're seeing waymo mm-hmm. here locally in chandler yep. uh arizona mm-hmm. uh our streets are yep. codified and so because yep. that's an interesting point so you're collecting data it looks good this is a win but then when it comes to phoenix arizona and it's 110 <laughs> degrees and it's spinning a million times it doesn't last so the reliability factor is critical uh for that and what is the more common um, version? Um, you're in the business of near-field flash LiDAR, yeah? Correct, correct. And so flash LiDAR has no moving parts. It's purely, hmm. um, it works like a camera um, in the way it operates. There's LED emitters that flash um, in the near-IR spectrum, so non-visible light. You know, just like a flash bulb for a camera would work, except it does it, you know, every millisecond or something so that, you know, every millisecond you're measuring the return back. Um, and so basically every pixel return that you get back, you know, the exact location of that pixel in space, you know, how far away it is. And you may even know like the velocity or things like that as well. Um, depending on how much processing you're doing. Um, yeah, so that's that's what we do. Um, so it's very solid state, very inexpensive, no lasers involved, no moving parts, nothing like that. So very, very reliable and inexpensive. 
Yeah, that's uh, it's incredible. I, I want you to, Paul, hang tight. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. <laughs> if you're just joining us, uh, Preact technology aims to bridge the gap between collision avoidance systems and active safety technology. You're behind the wheel. These sensors are working for you. This is going to give you an idea of how they're working. And Paul is navigating with us. I want you guys to stay tuned. We'll be right back. French Nation. 52% of the population family are women. We love you, ladies, but less than 3% of you women are professional technicians. Our charity partner, Tech Force Foundation, believes if we want to solve this little technician shortage, we need to start talking to 52% of these ladies out in the population. Head on over. If you feel like you can tinker with the best of them, head on over to techforce.com. The new gasoline direct injection engines, also known as GDI, are the hottest new improvement to horsepower and fuel efficiency in this century. Service professionals agree that GDI's unique power requires unique GDI maintenance. BG Products has the most current and effective GDI maintenance available in over 20,000 shops, and they back it up with a lifetime BG protection plan. Go to BGFindershop.com. That's BGFindershop.com. If you have a GDI engine and you want it to last, remember two more letters. BG. Now, I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about this. We have a benefits portion of our website, WrenchNation.tv, where we've got benefits for the Wrench Nation community, which is really protection for you, your family, your team. Your culture is important. Your team environment is important. So we're going to make it real easy for you to shop for health care, life insurance, device insurance, even pet insurance. I'm excited to share with you the benefits for the Wrench Nation community. Get on a wrenchnation.tv. We've made it real easy and simple. Your small business team deserve no less. Get on a wrenchnation.tv, check out the benefits page, and check out health insurance, life insurance, car rental, condo and home insurance. You name it, we've got your benefits covered. GetWrenchBenefits.com or wrenchnation.tv. Right on, welcome back, Wrench Nation. Always an honor to spend it with you if you're just joining us. Uh, I remind you to get on to wrenchnation.tv. We are discussing the technology, uh, sort of crash avoidance, if you will. It's not a perfect science, although it's amazing uh, what we see in the service space by specifically, um, like if you get your mirror uh, broken in the center of your windshield and we have to tell you that that mirror is thirteen hundred dollars. You're like, well, right? it's just a mirror. Right? It's got, maybe I got two lights. Is it the two? No, it's got a camera. Uh-huh. And so these advanced driving awareness systems are are pretty phenomenal, and the technology is blazing way. Preact Technologies um, is applying a lot of this science uh, for autonomous shuttles and trucks, and trailer position detection, vandalism protection, and so on. I want you guys to visit for more details. www preact-tech.com. We have CEO Paul Dreisick on the phone with us. Thank you, Paul, for holding. Welcome back. Okay. Glad to be here, guys. Yeah, you know, and I I get it. Some of us are like, okay, this is all engineering stuff, and we're getting, we're clinkering and clattering and (laughs) math, and, but this truly is amazing technology. Ten years ago, uh, well, let me ask you that, Paul. Ten years ago is kind of when things started to evolve. Where did we get this technology from? Was it avionics? Was it the military? Um, how did we make this transition, um, and where did it come from? Yeah, good good question. Um, uh, actually, I would uh, venture to say um, the vast majority of it kind of, Started thanks to DARPA and the um, uh, God, what did they call that? The the unmanned, you know, they. Ah, I'm blanking on the name of the the challenge. It was like the it so, was this challenge to get an unmanned vehicle to drive across the desert like a thousand miles or something like that. Yeah, um, and they're always putting out. I mean, I, I think, uh, and for yeah. those of you, you know, DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, and. So that's when we pushed the envelope. When they said, we, we want to challenge you, uh, you engineers out there, how well can you get this done? Um, and it, it seems that way where you, you have some sort of these defense initiatives, of course, the military. Uh, I th- maybe a bad example, but Greg, I think of Google. That's, right? you know, where did Google? <laughs> I mean, that was sort of an Internet thing that was really yes, started military. Um, 
And here we are, 100 million lines plus code. Uh, when you go in to get your vehicle diagnosed, uh, and again, I always tell you people, no free check engine lights <laughs> to take that for serious. But um, I find it fascinating. Greg, Greg, what year truck are you driving that you can share with Paul? Because you have some of this technology working for uh, you. 2021 Silverado. So it does have mm -hmm. some of the backup cameras. Um, it has the braking systems. But yeah, besides that, it doesn't drive itself. <laughs> Not, Not yet. yet. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about that, Paul? Because it seems like I don't know if it's uh, if if it's the science science community, the engineering community, or the media on its own right. trying to put voice to voice or not aligning that property. But many uh, many citizens of our country think that we're going to be uh, without a steering wheel gas or brake pedal, and be driving autonomous like very soon. How far away are we from autonomous driving, yeah. in your Good opinion? Good question. <laughs> yeah. I, put, I put you on the spot, um, Paul. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's a ways off um, for a lot of reasons. Regulatory, uh, especially here in the U.S. where, you know, you have federal and state and local, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's just going to be a disaster um, yeah. trying to trying to get that right. Who's going to regulate it? Right, you know. Right. I mean, there there's yeah. a, a body of states. Uh, well, all yeah. of us individual states yeah. want to sort of maintain our our little chicken coops here, mm -hmm. uh, you know, locally. Mm -hmm. And then here's the big uh, the big hammer, the yeah. feds. I, I think that is going to be tough. That's what I'm hearing as well. Um, yeah. That uh, and then we're not it's, it's, ready on the, from an infrastructure point of view. I don't believe. Correct. That's also true. But also the technology isn't there and won't be there for a while yet. There are certain things like heavy trucks that are going from a depot to a depot, you know, 98% of the time on the freeway, much, 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 much easier than normal everyday driving in the city, um, you know, a million different corner cases that can happen. Uh you know, so the, you'll see autonomous heavy trucks out there um, soon. I mean, there, there's already a handful out there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Tesla, uh, whether it be yesterday or today, I think now I'm careful about what Tesla's right? announcing. I got to be careful. Yeah. I usually check with my Reuters, or you know, I try to, uh, and it's all good. It's coming. Certainly, I don't want the average truck driver to go the way of the elevator man we need our truck drivers oh, no. but i mean there are mm -hmm. stretches of road which would make sense if we have a 500 mile yeah. busy route here yep. uh you know we we have the sensors uh appropriated in the yeah. roadway i could see uh, from a commercial point of view as you're saying more so than mm -hmm. average jill or joe get up you know with their coffee and this car's gonna go by itself i think right. we're way yeah, off from that. texas to arizona you know, <laughs> right. God, you know, yeah, that's a horrible oh. stretch, you know, that's right. Uh, goes yeah. on forever, you know. Um, but yeah, they're, um, self-driving cars are a long way. I mean, and they're expensive. You've seen those Waymo cars driving around. Yes. Um, yes. And they, they do great. But if you walk up to one and count the number of sensors on it, like, uh, we were presenting at the, TechCrunch mobility event a few months oh, back. Oh, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A, Way, a Waymo car right right next to us. And I, I gave I can't, I think I got up to like 59 sensors. Wow. And, and stopped counting. Um, you know, and that doesn't include like, you know, there's, there's a, that trunk is packed with electronics. Um, you know, they have to have their own air conditioning unit basically in the trunk of that thing to keep it cool. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I don't, I'm guessing, but it's, it's probably a half million dollars worth of electronics in those cars today. Yeah. So while we're close to getting it working, you know, it probably works 99% of the time with a half million dollars worth of electronics. Um, you know, nobody can afford a half million dollars worth of electronics. No, but at the same rate, they're, they're, they're uh, certainly, I think, as you said early on, when, when I asked you about some of the challenges, uh, you, you have so many checkboxes, including uh, the liability factor, as well as uh, uh, proper uh, data uh, 
measurement, acquisition, and, mm-hmm. and, and this, is, this is almost so it's, it's a beta. I mean, we see it here in Chandler. Uh, we did a whole yeah, they're autonomous, all the place. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, conference, and, and it's great to see this technology, but I think the average consumer needs to understand not happening anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we've made some great advancements. I, I drive a vehicle that has the adaptive cruise control, got some great sensing technology. It'll pretty much keep me in my lane with my hand off the wheel. Uh, remind me, Paul, I believe that's level two, maybe three. Uh, that's yeah, the two plus. Or two plus, yeah. But it, nowhere yeah. near level four. And, and for those of you listening, level four, full self-driving mode, we're a long, long ways off of that. I got to ask you, uh, is the uncrashable car a myth or can we... Slowly make it a reality in, in our lifetime, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the problem there. So, the technology—it's a ways off still from from that. You know, let's say it's I don't know, ten, fifteen years from having technology uh, that's good enough that's you know nine, you know five nines reliability kind of thing. But remember, there's. Uh, how many, you know, uh, 100 million cars in the world today, non-self-driving? Yeah. So as long as those cars exist, and, you know, they call they call that the, the car park. It's the industry term, meaning like, I can't, I forget what it is, 600 million, 6 billion, I forget the number of how many cars exist in the world today. It takes about 30 years, you know, through wear and tear for those cars to go away. So even if, Every OEM in the world today started selling nothing but self-driving cars. It would be 30 years before all the unsophisticated cars are gone off the road. So, um, well, great. You just solidified. Smart. I've got about 30 years left in my career, right? <laughs> yeah. As an automotive technician, yeah. just being silly, but no, yeah. that makes perfect sense. I mean, there's yeah. Uh, yeah. there's sort of an evolution uh, that that uh, mm-hmm. that takes place. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's not coming as soon as, you, you know, the... Well, we're okay the, with that. A few we, years ago, yeah. Yeah, we want to take our time. We don't want to rush through this stuff. But <laughs> Yeah, see, the problem with yeah. me is the uncrashable car, I would have to test it. Oh, you would be you that know, guy. I'd have to be yeah. that guy. <laughs> you would be that guy. But yeah. you need you need to have some sophisticated technology. That's right. Um, this flash LiDAR, that is, uh, that's one of the pinnacle products that you have. How well received is that uh, by your clients? Give us an idea um, of, of of some of what they're reviewing and and how happy they are with uh, the technology that you're providing there. Yeah, so um, uh, the auto industry has embraced lidar. Like, okay, love lidar, love the accuracy and the resolution and and that, but the price point has always been way too expensive. Um, in that, and we're the first ones to kind of come up with like a sub hundred dollar lidar unit. So that has obviously been really well received because it's like an order. What's an average, if I can ask? Not knowing Paul, yours is sub hundred. What's an average? Well over a thousand. Wow. One one to four. One to four thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. I I didn't know that. That's kind of too expensive to put on the average car. Yeah, unless it's high-end, like the high-end, and I know there's some of the high-end European, very few, though. LiDAR is very expensive. Yeah, yeah. So so from that perspective, uh, great reception. It, But it's also, um, you know, there's resistance still. You know, ultrasonic sensors cost a few dollars each. You know, old-school radar, you know, are more like, you know, $40, $50 each. Um so, you know, there, there's always that trade-off, you know, cost versus performance. Can I, as an OEM, can I charge more for this car because it has LiDAR in it, you know? <clears throat> so, you know, we're always always dealing with that. Um, but luckily, there's, there's a number of new use cases that can be enabled by LiDAR that can't be solved by ultrasonic and radar and cameras, and it's like... The you know full self park like you pull up to you know a valet 
and then you just let your car go park in the parking garage and then it comes back to get you, you know. That sounds like back uh, to the future. Things like that. People will pay for that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and you best have LIDAR because you could be in trouble with just right, right on a camera. Yeah. Especially at night. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I, could, I could totally get that. I want you guys to visit uh, preact-tech.com. Um, Paul Dreisick, CEO of a phenomenal company. I mean, just what you said, going from a, a range of whatever three to five thousand dollar for any product, and you're bringing it sub hundred. That's a lot of work, and we thank you for that because that's uh, making it a little bit more realistic to the very, very, very end user, us consumers. You know, uh, some of us don't care to know too much about the technology, but as you just said. My car, when I impress my friends, I whistle, it comes, gets me, it pops right? for me, it does all these things. <laughs> doors open. Doors open. Paul, I got to let the people know, uh, where will you be? Can we visit uh, at an upcoming expo? You know, we've got the fall expos. Uh, by chance, are you, uh, where will you be? Uh, will you guys have a booth anywhere that we can send folks to to maybe take a closer look? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, we will be at uh, the LA Auto Show, and they have a a co-show with it called Automobility, which is all about auto tech stuff. That's in November in downtown LA. And then we'll be at the Consumer Electronics Show the first week of January. Um, uh, we'll, be in, we'll be in Lisbon, Portugal in November as well, but well. I don't know if your audience is... Well, you uh, never know. We we, very often. we we got podcasts familiar from all over the world. All over. All over. <laughs> all over. Uh, yeah. Well, that is awesome. Uh, CES, for sure, That uh, that's definitely in your wheelhouse. That's an amazing show, um, the LA Auto Show. We'll make sure to uh, get that. Uh, we'll look for coming details on your website, get that information to you. never know. You may have somebody, mm-hmm. one of our Wrench Nation family out of North Dakota that takes a trip to Portugal because they want to know about it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But, Paul, I know you're a busy man, and we just appreciate yeah. uh, spending a little time, you know, going through the basics with us to sort of clarify. And uh, we'd love to have you on in the future. If anything comes about, please, please inform us. Our mic is your mic, and you always have, you always have a vessel uh, with Wrench Nation. Well, thanks, guys. It was a real pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Paul, for joining. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Yeah, see, the technology is is, is pretty good. I mean, I know in the service space, I, I mentioned in the fall our technical training. Uh, there's a lot of this training that we're going through, mainly in recalibrating these systems. Uh, that's the big thing. You get into an accident, all those camera systems have to be retrained and yeah. look at each other properly. So, uh, again, for more uh, of those details, you can uh, visit... Uh, preact-tech.com. Greg, thank you for stopping by the studio. Always Absolutely. a pleasure hanging with you every week. Uh, make sure to get on. you listening. You may have dipped in and out. Get on our podcast. We usually Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, the following week we upload the show. To tell you guys every week, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic.